by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lines. And on this one, we dive deep into a pretty good baseball game down there at Coors Field at 20th and Blake between the Colorado Rockies and the Seattle Mariners. The return of Austin Gomber to the mound. The return of Ryan Maltapia to the starting lineup. He did technically get an at-bat the night before, but to the the starting lineup. And uh, a split. For the Colorado Rockies in the series and in the season series against the Seattle Mariners, this team that's kind of on the come up. And then we talked about kind of been around 500 all year and the Rockies been worse then, but split with these guys, uh, had their opportunities to win both games in the series to be sure, Patrick. But obviously the big takeaway from today is going to be seeing Gomber getting back out there and seeing an offense finally break out for a crooked number in an inning. It was great to see that for sure. I mean, Gomber obviously is is the headliner here to see just getting him back and, you know, really did perform similarly to John Gray when he came back from the IL, as we've talked about, at least for right now with the the Rockies rotation, you know, even if you're not a hundred percent, your 80 or 90% is better than the, the number seven guy or the best pitcher down in AAA, they're, they're 100%. So you say, all right, you'll figure it out. You'll feel it out. You don't need to have all these rehab starts. He's good to go. And so just like Greg, Gomber goes out, has a really good outing, really just makes three bad pitches. Yeah. They were pretty bad because they were home runs. But otherwise, you go, no, no, that's a quality start. And it was in a game in which the Rockies got up early, 5 nothing. And it was, and it also was a game in which, in the middle portions of it, Darren McCawkin, who for his major league debut goes five innings, a lot of walks, but doesn't give up a hit. And so when you could feel like, oh no, the offense is getting shut down and struggling, right. Gomber kept cool, was calm, and again, quality start, not a course field quality, a traditional quality start. <laughs> and you go, wow, this is a good, this is a good jumping off point to build on a really good second half. Yeah, you know, it was funny. I try not to do this too often, but I will say it reminded me so much of how I can pitch an MLB The Show sometimes where you go out and you feel like I threw 95 pitches and 93 of them 
we're right where I wanted them to be. We're, we're really well executed, you know, went out there and then, but then I missed, I didn't do the math right there. I should have said 92, but, the, but then three of them, I happened to miss my spot. And did the guy hit a hard single to left or a double in the gap, maybe even a line drive right at a guy. Sometimes you get that, you get a little bit lucky. Oh, he smoked that at 110, but it was right at the left fielder. It was right at the shortstop. Nope. Austin Gomber made exactly three mistake pitches today and all three left the ball yard. <laughs> Just like, well, shoot. Okay. Good. And At he, least they've spotted him. Five. <laughs> well, for sure. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but remember he was on a pitch count too, right? Only through right. 63 uh, in his uh, previous star with, with Albuquerque and, and Redmond even said ahead of Tuesday night's game that, you know, he's going to have, you know, slightly larger uh, pitch count. And again, it's not always pitch count. It's, it's, it's stress on the arm in, in certain spots. So even if you say, Oh, he only threw 61. Oh, that's two less than his last start, but it was over three or maybe four innings. And you go, well, that's, that's equivalent to throwing six innings and, and throwing 63 pitches. So, I mean, you, you have to have a, a certain amount of balance in that. So for him to go out and do that um, and, and throwing, you know, 71 pitches, only 42 for strikes, but again, uh, that's fine. Uh, looking forward to, to hearing the post game um, interview with, with him and 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 see how he felt ultimately. And and you know this Mariners team is very homer prone. You know they, they many of their runs have come off home runs. Like this is this is kind of a common trend for them. So uh, you know maybe it's just kind of a, a confluence of events happening here where it goes on and he gives up a season high three homers. But uh, you still overall feel really good about this start. Not to play too hard into a meme that I've already accidentally become and the whole player A, player B thing and, <laughs> and all of that. But it is kind of funny that the M's, and you're right, they're, they're, their offense is, is built to do that. They hit a lot of home runs. You know, that that's kind of what they're for. They've got three home runs in the game, all solos, because the, the Rockies pitching staff was pretty good at, at limiting traffic. Other than that, the Rockies scored six runs, did not hit a home. So... Uh, you know, just for a very small sample size thing, you know, they, as you put it, you know, death by a thousand singles there in, in the first inning and uh, uh, right until Nunez kind of unloaded them with the double. But before we get too far away from him, since we were talking about him, uh, we should go ahead and just mention do this, do this now while we got it. Austin Gomber is your draft king of the game. Goes six innings pitched, gives up the three hits. Like you said, all of them leave the yard. Only one walk. Uh, and it was his first walk in quite some time. Uh, and he, he didn't walk anybody, anybody in the month of June or the month of July. I was in the month of June. He didn't walk anybody in the month of June. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess he was due for one of those, but still. And only walked four in the month of May. Yeah. Over six starts. Yeah. Yeah. So really, really quality stuff here out of Gomber. Obviously, he could have tightened up those three pitches. Uh, but beyond that, and as you mentioned, given the context of a return from the IL and uh, a pretty long stint of him not having pitched at the big league level to go out there and get it done, Will, yes, the home plate umpire strike zone was garbage. <laughs> and so even dealing with, you know, all kinds of stuff to go out there and basically uh, it, it can also be a little bit of a trap, too. I felt like the first home run was a little bit of that. Well, they just gave me five runs i'm gonna throw the first pitch over and kyle seager was also thinking the exact same thing so that first homer i felt like was a little bit of a trap homer the other two he really did dismiss his spot 
And Gamber, of course, even has a had a sacrifice, uh, which which helped contribute yes. to a run. And and really, they had two extra base hits, but no, but only one of them actually contributed in the scoring. Right, the Dom Nunez uh, bases clearing double in the first inning. Rogers later had one way down after they got McCockin out of the game there, um, and 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 hit uh, his second triple of the season. But otherwise, yeah, it was uh, a lot of singles and and well timed and 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 even. That uh, the, that sixth run that they ended up getting, Tapia single, steals a base, Gomber gets him over, sacrifice fly scores, and you go, oh, there you go. Like that's a that's a really good recipe for success. So, um, just an overall good day, and and we'll even get to the bullpen at at, at some point uh, because they did their job. It was just an all around uh, good game, following a, a a decent game that they seemed to be out of at first on. Tuesday night, but yeah. but kind of scraped back, and so uh, a good good two game set here from the Mariners, where uh, obviously they held their own as they should against a, a team just kind of on the other side of five hundred right. from where the Rockies are at. Especially you know the way they've been playing at home, there have been some question. Okay, there's the All Star break now. The Dodgers, you know, kind of really got after them those first two games. So do they still have this home field advantage? Can they keep it? They they still look, especially these last three games here. Uh, yeah, look like that same confident home team that they've been. Uh, and, and I do want to, because you, you were kind of mentioning it there. Of course, of course, I want to highlight the Rymel Tapia stuff. But again, one hit, one hit in the game today. And it was the flariest, stinkiest. Like he couldn't have thrown that just over the third baseman's head better if they'd just given him the ball to do it. Like he just placed it in the shallow left field, right? And then, there, so so he starts rallies, and then other times he's bringing, he's getting RBIs by you know getting the sacrifices you talk about or stealing bases, scoring runs, bringing runs in, starting rallies, even when he's not getting all of the hits. Um, had a, a couple of nice catches and left. Uh, there, there was one in the fifth or sixth. I'm trying to remember now that he got a really good jump on on a Hanniger line drive, I believe it was, and it's like. I sent out the tweet that said, and it's weird because it's not like the NBA where if you put in a point guard, it it changes the offense, even if that guy's not scoring a bunch or doing like they're in tangible ways. They run it, but a leadoff hitter does set the tone and does, you know, even the 10 pitch at bat where he struck out at the end of the game and then Rodgers hits the triple right after him. It's like, I'm not giving, I'm not taking anything away from Rodgers hitting the triple, but you do give a little bit of credit to Tapia there. He just is such an annoyance to the starting pitcher. He puts them in uncomfortable places, whether it's I made my pitch and he didn't hit it that hard and he got a single. Oh, and then he stole second on the first pitch. What the hell? Like the game just started, you know? And you're like, he just, he he's an action player. He makes things happen. I think it changes the whole dynamic of the Rockies offense when he's out there. Yeah. We know he's not an all-star. Right. You've, you've admit that, but what, well, yeah, ultimately, you're trying to say, I, I think, if, if we need to put a bow on it, is he needs to have proper appreciation because I think that's the piece, right? Like, he needs to be appreciated for that. It's similar to Dave Roberts in his playing career, stealing second base off Mariano Rivera in the ninth inning uh, in, in game four of the 2004 ALCS. You go, that's again, that's an important skill to have. That's wherewithal. It changed the complexion of everything. Right. Rightfully so. Ortiz still has to get the hit. 
right? David right. Ortiz is still the superstar, and, and we're all understanding that. But you need those guys, and and so yeah. And that's something that there's no statistic for is is seeing that and and yeah. recognizing, and that's something that obviously Rockies coaches see, you know, and and the hardcore fans, and they watch that every day, and you go, oh, there's this extra value there that doesn't necessarily translate. In fact, it there's a value to Rockies hitters and pitchers that we still just we still don't know yet, right? Again, so when, we've we've talked about it before. Again, the metrics that are available publicly are limited to a degree. And even if Ryan Maltapia played in another city, I think his style of game still does not necessarily translate to numbers, right? Of just right, right. doing all of those little things. And so uh, yeah. not an all-star, but definitely a guy that should be appreciated. And when he does what he did today, you go, let's that needs to be addressed. Like let's let's talk about that. Not because it changed the game, but because that's a valuable part. If we're gonna be the silver linings podcast, we gotta we gotta touch on, hey, good on this guy. He did that. Good on that guy. Ryan Maltapia, good on you for doing that thing again. Not otherworldly, but incredibly valuable when it comes to winning ball games. So when the pitcher gets the sacrifice down, right, and gets runners second and third, one out. Think about when Tapia wasn't in the lineup earlier in the season when he's hurt, just these last few days when he's been sick. Uh, in the past, when Rockies have had other guys in the, what is your level of confidence? Second and third, one out. The Rockies are going to get at least one run out of that situation with Tapia at the dish. A lot more confident than I think a lot of other guys. Just very, very high, right? And it's like that's got to be that's that's worth something. And so yeah, see, seeing that play out, it's just like. Yep, it's weird. I know it's weird. You you look for it in the numbers, and with most ball players, their value really does show up in the numbers. But some of them, yeah, and he's one of them. So we we toast. But we'll, we'll actually let's toast our Breck Brews and Celtics to some of the guys whose value today did very much showed up in the numbers. We 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 already covered Austin Gomber. Let's cover our Breck Brews and Celtics these days. By the way, went down for trivia night at the bar last night. Had myself a nice hot peak IPA. It's very tasty. It was a whole lot of fun. The bar was packed. Uh, the trivia was a great deal of fun. Uh, some of our questions were a little too. I think one of the things is like there's a there's a spread out audience there, and there was definitely way more basketball fans because the NBA finals were on. So they ah. nailed the basketball round, but struggled a little bit with the football, hockey, and baseball. So I, I you know, a, we're, we're working out the kinks, but everyone there had fun. Uh, it was it was an absolute blast. Drinking Breck brews showing off what you know uh in the sports trivia realm and get a bigger breck brew by the way down at the dnvr bar if you're a member of the family do become a member of the family today by subscribing at the dnvr.com only takes a few seconds you can get a free shirt when you sign up for that annual right now you get discounts constantly we got a big thing going on right now there's a big blowout sale at the dnvr locker going on right now uh, Mark, I just assumed that Patrick was actually making his WWE entrance. Uh, so they always come out with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got fantastic stuff going on for you down at the DNVR. So do become a member of the family today. Hang out with us in the Discord. All of that good stuff. And you can take advantage of all kinds of fantastic deals, including stuff like from our sponsors over at Hassle Cattle Company. Wagyu beef that could change your life. I am not joking with you. I'm not making it up when I say it makes up probably about 60% of my diet these days. Eating a lot of ground beef, ground chuck, 
award-winning hamburgers, steaks that are absolutely delicious and really easy to make that even someone like me, who's not actually an expert steak cooker by any means, can just throw them on the grill, just get them nice and done. Uh, absolutely delicious stuff. It's They don't pump them full of hormones and antibiotics and all that garbage that terrible for the animal, terrible for you. And there's, there's no point to it. You would think, well, they must be doing all that to save money at the end of the day and make it cheaper. It's like maybe by a dollar a pound at most. And that's only if you're not paying attention to any of their promos and specials. You pay attention to that. You will spend less at Hassle Cattle Company than you do at the grocery store for better beef. It's better for you, better for the animal, better for the environment, better for everybody involved. Absolutely delicious stuff. Check them out today. Hassle Cattle Company, H A S E L Cattle Company.com and use promo code DNBR10 to get 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, you get free shipping. I'm still, by the way, I hadn't mentioned this one in a while for Hassle. I'm at still at 100% positive reviews. For Hassle Cattle Company. I've got family in Texas. They're actually closer to them. The ordering from there now. They came up, visited mom. Mom made them a little bit. Said, I know, look, I know it's a sponsor and it feels weird that we're selling family stuff, but look, just have some, just eat it. And they're like, yep. And now they order all their beef from Hassle Cattle Company. Not even just positive reviews, stellar reviews. Yeah. It's stellar reviews. Amazing. Uh, all right, Patrick, let's get in. We covered the Tapia part of the, the first inning there. And, you know, we did the Tapia section. Uh, we've got, we do just to get a graphic anytime I go on. The, the Drew Creaseman, Rymel Tapia segment. That's right. That's right. That's just what it's called. Yeah. yeah. No, no catchy name. It's nope. just the, although we can throw in the obligatory Drew Creaseman, Rymel Tapia segment. Just call it what it is, man. Just and then I'll leave. Like, I'll leave and then I'll right. hear like a ding. And like, all right, <laughs> the 10 minutes are up. I'm back in. All right. So where were we? That's the right <laughs> segment. Okay. Well, another guy I like to rant about occasionally who had the, the big moment really in this game because 2 nothing Broke it open. That's nice. Uh, CJ Crone tries to walk with the bases loaded. Kind of interesting. I, it, look, and I, that wasn't on, on purpose, the, uh, the young man – um shoot i'm blanking on his name uh key Kenyon milton key they call him yeah Kenyon. uh he just lost it for a second he, he was just off and so it's not like they were giving him the barry bombs treatment or whatever but still in your mind you're going away that's smart because crone has probably the best shot of anybody on this team right now of hitting the granny and he's done it before yeah yeah and so they walk him there and and to nothing but then they've got these two young guys strike out a lot and Hilliard well he obliged I didn't think it was as terrible at bat I mean he got a couple of pitches to hit tough spot I'd like to see him do better there but you're you're also in a tough spot when the guy right before you walks on four straight pitches and now you kind of have to take pitch one and then the guy pipes one at 98 right down the middle and you're like oh damn it that was the best pitch I'm going to get to hit all at bat but that said, you're in a tough spot there. You know, Nunez follows through and strikes out. Rockies lose a baseball game, almost certainly, right? Yeah, and yet they they come through, right? So yeah. it's uh, it, it was great that they they got those early again, especially considering the uh, the rookie making his major league debut there, um, bullpen day, and that shoot. Uh, McCawkin did a did a great job of, yeah, of really awesome. making sure that they didn't have to tap into that bullpen 
quite as much Mariners going to uh, playing against Oakland in a four game. He's on their Silver Linings podcast. They're talking about how great he was today. He is, especially because the pronunciation of McCalkin is so fun to say. Yeah, so, yeah. I've already said it four times. And um, you know, Dar- did you know Darren McCalkin went to a Long Beach State uh, with Garrett Hampson? So a lot of a lot of connections between Rockies and McCalkin. So. Uh, yeah, Darren. You know, Darren did a nice job. But yeah, that that first inning was was really big uh, for Colorado because again, after that point, you know, the the score was uh, three to one Mariners. Right? They they won the ball game after that. And right, I know it right. sounds silly, but it's like there are times when 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 that's the case. Like I've had coaches say, "Okay, it's like eight nothing after the first inning. Maybe it's only six nothing, but it feels like a much more." And you go, right. "All right, it's not our day." Zero zero from right now. Let's go. Let's grind. Yeah, and that made that made all the difference in the world. And yeah. and, and we kind of saw that on Tuesday night. Rockies do score first and and get that support for Herman Marquez. And you go done. This is shut this one down. You know, turn the TV off. We got a Rockies W here, and that wasn't the case. And then at that point, it becomes six two Mariners, and and Rockies were able to get two more back, and they they lose that game last night, but. Um, you know, anytime you can have those dividing lines and those lines in the sand of like, all right, now let's see what happens. And that was, that, that was an important thing for the Mariners in this game. But bottom line is Rockies didn't let them get back in, into it despite the home run, because Givens, Estevez and Daniel Bard, and you go, yes, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. How about that? Didn't that feel weird? Like. (laughs) <laughs> it felt like too easy, right? Yeah, right. Because it's just because it's like what you've imagined in your head. And it's like, yeah, surely this will have happened throughout the season. These are their best relievers. They've they've even individually all got decent numbers, uh, you know, especially Gibbons. And mm-hmm. you, you just go, is this the first time they've ever really just, and it can't be, I'm sure there's some other game this year where they've, they've done it, but it really felt, yeah, too easy. Like that's, they've never, they really have not been doing that this year where there just wasn't drama against a, a team that is hot and, and is swinging them well, got the better of Armand Marquez just the day before. And, and they just kind of went out there and did their thing. And it's like, all right, good timing fellas. <laughs> Very good timing. Yeah, for sure. It, it uh, and again, good timing for the trade deadline too, where it yeah. increases their value and whatnot. We'll see what happens with that. We definitely should uh, devote some time to the the trade deadline at, at some point, but you, you like to see, Hey, this is nice. It's good to go. And the, the, the big takeaway I had after today's game and, and after this series was, you know, something we had talked about before the all-star break, this idea that, until they do something different, until they prove me and really prove anyone with eyes wrong, they are going to get slaughtered on the road, and they're probably going to continue to be really good at home, even though they shouldn't be. And their last road trip, they go three and three, and they win the final two games against the Padres, and you go, okay, this is definitely something. We don't know if it's legit yet, and we'll – and I just we we'll find out we'll find out with ten games on the road in California, right? Three three against the Dodgers, uh, three against the the Angels, and four against the Padres. So we'll have somewhat of an idea. Even if they can win three games, you say, okay, they're not 
atrocious. But with that, with that, like, you know, rise in stock with them on the road comes with the reality that at home, they're not going to continue to, you know, be a, a 650 winning ball club, right? They go two and five. So it's, it's short, but you, I think you can start to get the sense of like, yeah, they're not going to dominate at home like they've been now. I think this could be the start of that and say, Hey, they're going to play a little more true to form. And that being said, they're going to play a little more true to form on the road too. And kind of just normalize still, still win at the same rate, but not be awful on the road and world beaters at home. And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I don't know. I don't think one is necessarily better than the other, but I think it, we could start to see it normalize a little bit right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think they were kind of always in for that yeah. to some extent. Right. And, and, and I also think you're right that at the end of the season, it will amount to basically the same thing, <laughs> more or less uh, what they were aiming for that, that 66 to 70 wins that, that you and I predicted that, that kind of window of rent, that's where they're going to end up uh, how they get there. I, I agree. I think it'll be, I do think, though, as you mentioned, not to get ahead of ourselves, I have a few other thoughts on this game, but just since we're in this realm right now, as you were talking about the upcoming California road trip, no, I never feel good about a California road trip. You said three wins in California, and I just went, nah. That's, yeah, that's almost that a, be a, not a best-case scenario. Almost? But yeah. you go three and seven, it's pretty good. That's all, It's um, yeah. okay. It's not yeah. good. But no you go, that's not atrocious right but it's it's just the yeah it's just the toughest place for them to go and play and then those teams playing and then and then it's even like the angel now i gotta see like who they who they match up with in the angel series that that really makes the difference but they're so not gonna be putting the number at two and a half is the over under exactly two and a half exactly. wow you know, because yeah yeah uh because they're not gonna sneak up on the padres again Right, they got. They did. They that. can't. Right, they got that. Like, they can't. The, the pods are not going to let that happen. No, again. steal one from them. Sure, they can win one game. And are the Dodgers even going to let the Rockies steal a game? No, it's again. It's so hard to predict sweeps. No. Yeah, but yeah, they even the Dodgers are going to say no. Yeah. We got to yeah. put the nail in the coffin in this one. And then you know, I think it lines up really well. I don't know uh, necessarily who the Dodgers have starting. That's still forty-eight hours away plus. Yeah. Um, but the Rockies. Do have the same three starters lined up, Chichi, Freeland, John Gray. That's not good. That's not yeah. you, you. You'd rather some fresh blood in there, right? And not. And again, just saw those exact three guys. Yeah, Mark's got them with two wins at Dodger Stadium. Marking it down, he says. I love it at Dodger Stadium or in California. Is it, is it in Dodger Stadium? <laughs> okay, all right. There I'm, you go. Hey, and then zero the rest when of the week. When was the last time? When was the last time the Rockies won two games in Dodger Stadium in a in a series? <laughs> it could take a whole season. Uh, it is it has been a minute. It says Turner and Muncie both got hurt yesterday, and Mookie has been down. I don't. Mookie's I don't out of the lineup. Today. I don't care if the Los Angeles Dodgers are running out uh, Addy, Adam and Andy LaRoche. Um, who else was on that Dodgers team? Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how right. deep do we want to get Carl Crawford? Yeah, right. Josh Beckett coming in off the bench. What, whatever right. you want to do. Andre Ethier has that for a name. Well. James Loney. Ethier. That's who I need Let's to know. Let's go. Andre if Ethier you want to go back and forth on old school Dodgers names from a couple years ago, Matt Kemp, and then Matt Kemp, and then Matt Kemp again. 
any of those Matt Kemp's. That doesn't help my argument because obviously you put Matt Kemp out there, he's going to kill the Rockies. Either first, second, or third time with the Dodgers. Even at this age, Matt Kemp would hit 450 against the Rockies. But yeah, I just... Could be tough. Mark, uh, I... I, w- I hope we're here in a couple of days looking at, at you as a genius and going fantastic. But I I never feel good about the Rockies going to California. And right now in their kind of weird state, they are right before the trade deadline. Will asking, you know, how many guys are going to be back? I, I Not all of them. And, you know, people know that. And that's always a weird and space is, to be in when you're And did we just see Trevor Story's final game at, at Coors we, Field as a Rockies yeah, player? Well, may have right so there's just all that stuff is is hanging in the air and so i if they go out and have an awesome road trip i i will legitimately be shocked it's very rare the rockies shock me by being better than people think they're going to be right i'm usually on the other side of that but this would be a rough one man this would be a rough one um so yeah, you know, any any trades that they make obviously is going to be with an eye towards making the future of the franchise better. You know, if if the front office feels that they can't successfully bring any of the guys back who are going to be free agents, again, you can trade a guy and then still sign him in free agency. We know it doesn't happen a ton of times, but it is possible. So those trades are are done with this idea that, hey, look. Uh, Maybe we're going to get a compensation pick, maybe not. But you know what? What we're going to get from this other team is actually going to help us win more games down the line when it's important. This is a season of transition. They're not going to the postseason this year. They're probably not going to the postseason next year. So anyone that's even going to be around that long, you can go ahead and say, well, they're not necessarily needed to win a championship. And with that ultimately being the goal – you know, it's it's hard. You know, especially for fans. You know, when you have a, a relationship with with a player. And again, we're John Gray and, and Trevor Story are just two guys have been around for so long. I even think back to, I think it was after the was it the 2018 season. You know, they go to back to back postseasons, and they have all these guys going to free agency: DJ LeMahieu, Carlos Gonzalez, Adam Adovino, um, and there there may have even been another guy, Gerardo Parra. Right. And it's like, wow, they got all these guys going out. And I think, yeah, people really missed uh, LeMahieu and, ah, sorry to see Ottavino go. But they had that hope that, you know what? This team is still really good, really talented. They kind of can look the other way. And right now, you don't, you might not have that same hope. So a loss of a guy that you're really close to hits a little bit harder to home, uh, hits home a little bit harder. You know what I mean? And, it's just it, it's just it's standalone. There's no there's no other thing that you get with it to say yeah. But we could go back to the postseason, three straight years, all of that. And so uh, I do I definitely feel for the fans out there who uh, who don't want to see that happen. And we don't know that it will happen. We don't know. We, we we'll we'll see we'll see what's going to go down. But could be could have been the final game of course field for a couple dudes at least in a Rockies uniform. They always come back. We still got to see Nolan. Yeah. Always a chance to see him come back. And, uh, hey, uh, like Patrick said, uh, all, all the guys we're talking about are about to be free agents. So if any of them really want to come back to Colorado, that yep. option is 100% available to them. So that's just another thing to keep in mind uh, as we go over these next couple of weeks if the Rockies do end up trading your favorite player. You know, just just 
remember that. But always tough to see him go. There's no, there's there, there's no way to replace no no amount of the business of it and the, recognizing that things are smart can replace the frustration of just not getting to watch the guy you love watching every single day on your ball club. And so uh, drink it in while you can. That's what I say. Take it in and, and enjoy it and appreciate it every day while you can. Uh, all right, Patrick, we were talking a little earlier about your guy, McCocken. And speaking of McCocken, you better get Manscaped, fellas. Sorry. It's the only way it is. Got to get it done. It's time to join the 21st century. Get Manscaped. You can't be walking around out there. Oh, your jungle flowing, sticky and nasty. You got to get cleaned up, fellas. You got to be clean. You got to smell good. You got to feel good. You got to take care of yourself if you want yourself taken care of. Get to Manscaped. Get that perfect package 4.0. You get the lawnmower 4.0 in there, spritzer, some deodorant, really comfortable pair of boxers. And when you use promo code DNVR at manscaped.com, you get 20% off plus free shipping. You got to get Manscaped, fellas. It is way past time if you haven't done it already. You don't need to feel weird about it. You'll feel good about it. Trust me, you're going to feel good. Get Manscaped. Use promo code DNVR. You get 20% off, plus free shipping. Keep your macaquin Manscaped. I Look, I... Oh, Darren. Poor Darren. I'm sure, I'm sure he's, he's heard it all. Any yeah. jokes. <laughs> I think he gets the last laugh. You know, he's like, yeah. hey, I'm a professional baseball player. Big leagues. Uh, no, a big league player. And mm-hmm. I've yet to give up a hit Yeah. after my first game. Yeah. At Coors Field. Yeah. At Coors Field. Yeah. So good for That's Darren M. No, no going. Good for Darren M. <laughs> We've jumped the shark, so I'm just calling him Darren M now. We're going to call you Darren M. Is that all right? <laughs> I haven't used that phrase in a while, but I think that was very – Apropos. Right. That sent me back to jump like the shark. Yeah. 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 Oh, jump the shark. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. Uh, all right. There was one other thing that I wanted to talk about from this game earlier, but then we went off in a few different directions. What did I miss? Oh, from the series. Crone having another nice series. Again, that goes into what we we're talking about. Uh, again, he's almost certainly got to get traded at this point. He's been one of the guys showcasing himself uh, the best. Uh, Brendan Rogers continues to look Comfortable, solid, confident, yeah. taking good at bats, hitting the ball hard, uh, not looking jumpy at the plate. All of those things, uh, you know, was a was a solid part of the offense today. Uh, McMahon. Oh, that's the other thing that people people talk defense about. defense look great in the outfield. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the uh, McMahon screaming at the umpire when he got called out on strikes there at the end on that pitch that was way out of the zone. And you, and you feel for him because he's just – he's been struggling lately, though, as we yeah. were talking about this in the Discord, not like – maybe he's not been terrible. He's just been mediocre, and he'd been playing at this star level, and he wants to be that kind of caliber player. He knows he's capable of it. He's trying to get back to that, and, and he really just hasn't been at that level. And so when you're, you're, you're having those moments, maybe you feel like you're finding it, uh, and, and then you get called out on something like that, you could see like – four weeks of frustration come pouring out of him in that moment. Yeah. He, and, and the umpire uh, to a degree and to his credit, Ben may, he took it a little bit because he knew he, he missed and said, okay, nope, nope. You, you get that. You get that. And 
so be it. But you're right, McMahon, um, in a in a minor funk to a degree. I think it might be a little bit bigger than a minor funk. You know, hasn't homered since June fifteenth. Uh, not Man. great, and uh, only has five RBI since that day. Man. So, you know, average is 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 hung around the same, but. Um, and he's, he's still getting in some doubles here and there, but not, uh, getting, getting the full extension, if you yeah. will. And right. that's, that's, that's been a little, uh, disappointing to see. Cause it, it seemed like he was again on this trajectory to be the next star. And, um, and he still can be, uh, we're seeing Rogers now show those glimpses of possibly being his next uh, star and he could be. And I, I think that's, you know, that's going to go a long way to deciding maybe the direction of the team going forward um, because those guys have to be, you know, they have to be, be the flag bearers if, with, right. if stories moving on. And, you know, right. Blackman you, is, again, a great veteran guy. You, you want him on the roster still, even if maybe statistically he's not right. the, the Charlie Blackman of old. But, again, you need star. those leaders. Yeah. 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 Again, even look at Todd Helton, and I'm sure all those guys – that played with him at towards the end of his career says, no, no, he, we need him. We, we, we need him here. I at least need him for my development. Yeah. Right. Like there is that value in the clubhouse of, of showing guys how to be pros and whatnot yeah. and, and everything he does with his fitness and, and taking that seriously. So uh, he has that value and, and McMahon and Rogers, they, they need to do it. And I, I think there's a pressure there for them uh, to a degree for them to do it. Fair, unfair. It it just it just is what it is. That's the name of the game. That's that that's a part of playing professional sports. And and you know I uh, I think they embrace that. One of the reasons that I've always been high on McMahon is his attitude. And it which is a funny thing to say today when he kind of blew up in this big moment, right? But look, it it happens to everybody in the game of baseball. It, it's it's a frustrating game. And like I was saying, it wasn't even just about that one call. And I would bet you money that Mac went up to the umpire. Who did you say it was today? Ben May. May. Um, I, I bet you anything he went up to him, maybe after the game or something, maybe maybe in between innings and said something like, hey, man, that's uh, – I'm just – I've been really <laughs> – exactly what we're saying here, man. Just like I'm, I've been frustrated lately. I understand. I didn't mean to – it just it wasn't even – that wasn't even all about you. I'm just – I didn't mean to take that out. I bet you anything he had that, some kind of conversation. Like that. You know what umpires are now that I think about it? Umpires, because you're right. You go. Why would he say anything to the umpire? Well, because they they kind of they work together, right? Yeah. They're not right. colleagues, but they do but, work together in the same profession. They're going to run into each other. So, yeah. who are umpires in relation to ballplayers? They're they're professors, not teachers. That's a little yeah. bit different when you're you know younger, even in high school. They're professors, and and sometimes you have those hardcore debates, like how could you think that and whatever, yeah. and kick getting kicked out of the class, and then the next day kind of coming back. Maybe you know tucking your tail between your legs, whatever it is. But they're professors. They're they're not your equals. They're not your peers. But at the same time, you're in the same circle, and you've got to figure out a way to do it. And so I think you're right. I, I think that's that's one of those things. And you know I don't know they go so far as to uh, lend an um, and lend an umpire their you know vintage car as it's been rumored uh, to have been in the past. By the way, that was something from uh, a while ago that Joe West did win a lawsuit. Uh, based on a player who said that he used to lend his uh, or, or a player used to lend his car out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So again, they, there's a relationship there too. And, and yeah, sometimes you just got to let it fly and just say, Hey, 
that's that's dog shit. Like yeah. that's the word to describe it, right? It that's such just a bad call. But awful. So you gotta let it go. You gotta let it fly sometimes. And you 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 have to. And I I wonder honestly. And again, I'm not. I don't like to do in the the speculation thing. And this is part of the thing when you've got home plate umpires behind the plate. Probably the biggest makeup call I've ever seen last pitch of the game. <laughs> yeah. So, Final so pitch of the game. Kind of making an issue of like, you definitely missed that call. <laughs> and now everyone here knows you missed the call and they're all going to get on their phones and go, oh man, he missed that call. But then I'm also going to come back out and say like, that I, I, I still overreacted. You missed the call, <laughs> but I, but I'll react. And then the guy's like, you know what? He's probably right. And then he's in a better mindset and he's do that last pitch and you go, it, it was close yeah, on, on game day, on MLB go. game day. It does look like maybe it might have uh, clicked that low, that low pitch. I mean, it, it, even if it didn't, it was close, but it, it, that's probably a pitch. And that's the other thing too. Luis Torrens is a catcher. So he knows like the, he knows those blind spots of umpires. You know, that's one of yeah. the cool things I missed about going to a clubhouse. But I, but I think you can still see it on like baseball savant is oh, you can see an umpire's umpire. strike zone. Exactly. Yeah. The heat maps. And you can kind of see where those spots are that like, yeah, it's in the strike zone, but it's high and away and the umpire's not calling that. So you need to know that. And it's the same thing where those low and inside, they probably have the, 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 low and inside corner, low and away corner, rounded a bit. They don't get it exactly. I mean, how do you have a, a perfect square with 90-degree angles right. in your head as an impossibility? So right. knowing that, you go, it was really close to the box, but was that really close to a typical umpire strike zone? Maybe not, and so it's a little bit further away, and Luis Torrens is saying, come on, we – you get two out rally going here. You don't. Yeah. You don't want to give up even one single pitch, especially that last one. That not at Coors Field, not with the way uh, Daniel Bard and the Rockies bullpen has been going this year. Yeah. You know, so but even that may goes. You know what? A second ago, I decided close enough, and right now, close enough. <laughs> Run them up. That's the ball game right there. Go woo! What a way to end it. But uh, yeah, Mark, not. Not the best umpired series. There was also that weird play at third in game one. Uh, yeah. The, the call against Hilliard. Uh, there, there were a few ones, but, you know, whatever. Those are obviously things I'd be making a bigger deal about if the Rockies were competitive at all. Where every game, every pitch is is that, right, that important, right. for sure. It's almost more interesting to go over it uh, actually this way, though, just in, in a theoretical context of like, well, that was – then an emotional context. Yeah, 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 right, right. It's just like because you know whatever. At the same time, you know if you're Seattle, you're like, what in the world? Come on, man. <laughs> you kidding me? But uh, what what is what is the the strike zoning in comparison in other sports? Is it like again we we know again? Hey, that's strike three when it could have been ball four. And that prolongs the game. And so obviously that single pitch that maybe was called wrong yeah. is a lot bigger. But, I mean, it, it, to some ways it's really like when you're watching a, a football game and our producer, Ali, can, can think of something similar in the other sports, feel free to jump in. But it's almost like spotting a football. Yeah. Where you go, all right, hey, that's where he was down. Oh, man, you, you shaved this much off. But at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily decide something. It's just it's how much further you have to go <laughs> for the benefit, but then it becomes a first down. In here, and he'll tell you this is the biggest problem in football. 
literally every time RK is asked, what's the biggest thing that needs to be solved in football? So I, I actually agree with you because yeah. some people think it's this very small thing. You go, yeah, they shorted the guy by a yard. And it's like, well, you've got three downs to get 10 of those MFers, you know? And it's like, yeah. they, well, it was one pitch. It's like, yeah, well, I've got three strikes to work with at each at bat. I've got three outs to get. And that pitch, if it could have, you know, it's, uh, for me, it, it all depends on the context. You know, a yard short of the first down is a lot different too than a yard. They got short. a punt. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it all depends on the context. So I, I actually, I agree. I think that's the perfect analogy. Uh, as far as spotting goes in basketball i don't i don't like this one as much but it's it's almost akin to again if you've got a superstar and you're you're you know calling fouls made on that player where you wouldn't necessarily on on someone else or maybe even a pretty much the euro step or a kind of a a, actually that was three steps that was almost a travel some guys guys get away with that in the NBA has become super ambiguous. And so, yeah, pretty much the, or you could even say like block charge, the block charge distinction in the NBA is a very similar thing, but it does seem to me, and I, I don't watch it quite as religiously as I used to, but in a similar way, uh, the, the thing that I think is similar there is that the NBA officials are involved in almost every single play because there's some kind of contact, especially down low. And then they're deciding whether or not, it was egregious enough to call a foul. Uh, if they the superstar stuff, all those kinds of things. And in that way, I think it's very similar to uh, major league umpires because balls and strikes are called every single at bat. And it can be one of those things where the slight difference between the subjective nature, uh, you go with the superstar pitcher or hitter in certain uh, circumstances. Uh, but, but that one's, it, it's just very ambiguous in the NBA because the officials can choose to involve themselves a ton or not. Yeah. And so those are the two words. Uh, I've already forgot the other word, but ambiguity and, oh, ambiguity and subjective, which right. are basically synonyms. Whereas that's the thing with, with spotting the football and the strike zone is you could, and potentially in football, we know that in baseball, they're working on it, have something automated. Like you could have technology uh, goal line be tech. the decisive factor. Goal line technology, as we see in football, uh, U.S. soccer, but but that wouldn't be true in basketball. So, like, that's where, like, if you really are digging right. deep and you're like, no, let's get you're it right. 100% accurate. I mean, the only thing would be, like, was the ball on the line? Was it out? Right. And, again, you have, like, an eagle eye like you do in tennis, which I don't think the NBA has. They probably could have. They could. But it's, yeah. again, you want to you wanna swing the ball that way? Nah, actually, let's – we're going to give the ball to the Lakers. Like right. <laughs> that could be right. you know, some of it too, but you, anything you can involve technology, because that's really what it seems like with, with baseball. Again, you've got human beings who are fallible, but you've got technology here that can make it a little bit more accurate. And, you know, maybe there's this Mandela effect or really, really butterfly effect that could take place if you get that call, right? So for the Rockies today, it ended up working out in their advantage. Uh, yeah. uh, Ho-hum, strike three on Ryan McMahon. You know, they, they could have avoided a, a big meltdown there against Seattle, uh, against, you know, Luis Torrens if he if he did walk. And that would have brought Tom Murphy to the plate. Right. Former Rockies catcher. Yeah. Ooh. There would have been some drama there. You did remind me, by the way, walking down this analogy pathway that uh, it's been a while since I've brought this up, but catcher framing is akin to flopping. 
And a lot of people don't like that analogy, but that's exactly what it is. I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a chance. All we've done is institutionalize catcher framing as an art form. And it is. But some people, Manu Ginobili would argue that flopping is an art form as well. And a lot of soccer players would argue what you're doing is accentuating your body in order to get the official to rule in a way they otherwise would not have. You're trying to take advantage of the rule book, but on a technicality by doing a a gesture to make sure to fool the official into doing something they otherwise would not. That's what you're doing is you're fooling that part. That part. You're right. Like, so there, there is that element, you know, in the Venn diagram. I agree that there is that overlap. They're different because a catcher for trying to frame a pitch would not get ejected from a game. Whereas in soccer, that can't, that, that has happened. The way we that's different. About it. That's the only thing that's different, though, is the way we treat it, the way we think about it. Like I said, we have institutionalized sure. catcher framing. We we talk it up. We like catcher framing. We hate flopping, which I agree with, actually, in, in both cases. But I don't – but I think that's just a societal thing. Like, they're fundamentally the same. We've just decided that we love one and hate the other. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Which, whatever. I mean, like I said, I'm fine with it because I used to be a catcher and I love catcher framing and I and I love the the art form and the skill. And but don't think that those guys who are flopping it's around much more subtle. Just that either. Yeah, it's, like, it, catcher framing is a lot more subtle than at least half of the flopping. Because uh, again, when someone flops, cares how subtle it is or isn't. It works. <laughs> yeah, when there are there are some flops in, in soccer and basketball. Yeah, where it's like. Oh my, Dude, oh, that's, you should be embarrassed. Whereas there's no, you know, baseball player, like you're a catcher, like, yeah, exactly. Jumping way out. And if you do, it's fun. And it's a fun little laugh, right? right. Like it's just a joke. You're just having a laugh. Uh, but man, when, when soccer players do it, it's infuriating. And also too, we're not as passionate as a nation about baseball as we are about soccer or the world is about soccer and right. Americans are passionate about soccer where something like that. Oh, it's, it's the moment we, Let's go. we, oh we, we don't rip our hair out over balls and strikes in baseball. Whereas in soccer, you rip somebody else's hair out yeah, on the wrong call. Gets intense out there, but uh, yeah, no, the interesting conversation for sure. We got to figure out what it is in rugby. I got to figure out, I, I got to go back on with our guy, Colton Strickler, get on there, get on the DNVR rugby podcast. Y'all should be listening to the DNVR rugby podcast. Should be following him on Twitter. Should be. If you've got the time, get out to infinity park. I cannot recommend it more highly. It's so much fun. Uh, it, you, you can see the pitch huh? like that from anywhere. Uh, there, all of the like places to get food and drink are really well located. A lot of great places where you can go and sit in the bleachers or even just walk around and enjoy the atmosphere at Infinity Park, Colorado XOs, having a fun season. Uh, it's pretty cool uh, watching uh, these people who have been, you know, achieved a certain level of success and a lot of other different athletics go out there and put it to the test in rugby. Uh, really, really fun stuff. So we'll have to ask what the equivalent in rugby is to, to balls and strikes. Well, they have a spotting thing too, as I've watched and I've learned one of the first things I, I, I had to figure out was why do they keep kicking the ball out of bounds, right? That feels so opposite in almost every other sport. You don't want to purposefully put the ball out of bounds, but they kept doing it. And it's because 
there's a, there's a, you need to get a distance and then get it out because then that's where they, they get the spot, right? That's where the other team gets the ball back. That's kind of their version of punting, but it, but it has to hook out of bounds. So there's a skill to it. You need it to go far and then out. And some guys, sometimes guys shank it or whatever, and you've, you've given them really good field position. So I would wonder if in rugby, like bad spots, where a guy's like, because because it's sometimes it's so high up in the air. I bet some of those refs could be like, you could get spotted short by yards, uh, you know. So uh, yeah, I'll have to ask Colton what the equivalent of balls and strikes is. You can do the same if you just listen in to uh, the DNVR Rugby podcast, and you can even get out to Infinity Park for movie nights, which is super fun. Check out the That's schedule cool. there at infinitypark@glendale.com/events. Uh, that just got going. Uh, they, they did Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse about a week ago. I know they got some cool stuff coming up here in August, so check out the calendar. Yeah, that's definitely fun. That's just it's just a great venue to to go at. Even if it, it's like people who go to you know the uh, a baseball stadium for uh, you know for fireworks, and you're like, I don't necessarily even care about the game. I just kind of want to sure. sit on the field. You're like, it's it's just a great environment. And yeah, Infinity Park is is just amazing for that. So they, by the way, they are playing footloose next month. So that's the one to get tickets to. Hey, there we go. Do it. Oh, fantastic. Well, we kind of did the road preview part already. That's usually how we wrap these things up. I, well, I, I, going I, on the road to California for 10 days and then we I get the mine, handed to them. Preview put, complete. <laughs> I put it at two and a half, Patrick. Are you taking the over or the under? On uh, well, I said that three and seven would be like, Hey, they're playing better. And they did show, they did show me that on their last road trip. But is that believable? Ooh, three don't. road wins would put them at 13, right? And so that would put them at the, that would tie them for that mark. 13 is the record for badness, mm. right? That's the number to beat. <laughs> so in, in, the art, in, in the article that just went up this morning, um, I had spoken with Max Muncy and Justin Turner at the All-Star Game about, you know, the effects of Coors Field and, you know, what do you need to do when you leave Coors Field and uh, getting yourself ready for, for games at sea level, which just about every other game is at sea level. And, you know, they both said that it can take an entire series until you feel comfortable again with seeing a baseball. Like, it's not, you know, one at bat, hey, let me take some extra BP in the first game of the series. Ooh, that was weird. Now I see what the ball does. No, it's not even a game. It's right. It can take a three-game series. So, in a way, you go, yeah, they get shellacked by the Dodgers. Maybe they do get, get swept three games. But then they stay in that pocket for another week. They stay in that pocket against That's the true. Angels for three night games, too, by the way. That's oh. a weird one. Wednesday is a night game. I think that's their last one okay. on the schedule, their, their getaway day. Uh, then they just drive two hours south to, to San Diego for a four-game series. And so, in a way – If the Angels series was last, that would be you, – you, Yeah, you do, right? <laughs> yeah. You really do. Yeah. You, you wish – you probably would line it up, say, three against the Padres, partially so that you don't have Chi-Chi, Freeland, uh, and Gray going again – against the Dodgers. So you have three against the Padres, three against the Dodgers, then four against the Angels. Right. That would be a much better setup to oh, say they might even be able to take four there. Yeah. Uh, 
No, yeah. Two and a half. Uh, I, I'm going to have to have them prove prove me wrong. So I yeah. guess I would take the under on that. Yeah. But it would again, it wouldn't surprise me. It's, you know. It seems crazy. Game. It's it seems crazy to for them to win more. But I'm, I'm going to go with the odds. There's something telling me that they are going to win four games. Really? But I'm but I'm going to go with what I've seen so just an, all like year when long. A number pops into your head, like one of those, like, I don't know, four. And you're not like, mm, no. I don't know how they get to four. Yeah, right. But they get to four. Right. Like they can win two games against the Angels. I was going to say, Mark's got them taking two in, in, in Dodger Stadium. Uh, one of them, hopefully, on your birthday. I don't know which one. You say he's getting out to a couple games out there. Um, <laughs> so that'll help. Then he's got to get one against the Angels and one against the Padres. And even if Story gets traded, like I, I don't necessarily think like, oh, no, now the offense is going to be way – Worse. I mean, yeah, I, there's going to be a moment it's where worse, you go, it's, ah, story would have would have improved, you know. Here, um, you, you you just don't know. It's it's all on the pitching, and right, you know, the the pitching can get it done. Keep the Rockies in these ball games. Having Gomber back, right. Freeland back. Yeah, the way the starting pitching is good. All right, I'll take the over on the two and a half. All of a sudden, even though I said it so low, I I had such a horrible gut. You talked me into it. The pitching, no, they're going to get killed. It going to California, uh, especially when it gets real hot and they're not you you gotta they gotta play at their absolute best to win out there. Uh so it can happen, like you said, and everyone's capable of of rolling out of bed and feeling good that morning and showing up to the ballpark and playing their best. And that could be your Rockies over the next 10 days in California. It, it would be one of the first times that's happened in quite some time. I don't think it could have happened without that. Without the Padres series win, I agree. The break, right? Because again, like, oh, they, they have to do it steal. in order to know they can do it. Right. So they can do it. It's prove, prove me wrong. They can do it. All right. We'll keep you all up to speed for all of that. Of course, you got to hang out with us here on these live shows on the YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing there, clicking the bell icon so you know when we're going live. You can join us for the live chat here on these shows. Always a lot of fun having you along for the ride. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. So you get all that written content, the discounts, the access to the Discord, free shirt from the DMVR locker when you get that annual, all the fantastic stuff that comes as a part of being a member of the DNVR family. Of course, you've got to follow everyone on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. And uh, at, oh, what is Ali Monroy? Ali behind the scenes today, at Ali Monroy, whatever. She's out. Follow her on Twitter. You'll you just follow everybody. We appreciate you all for being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.